Welcome to Independent Thought and Freedom, Episode 5. My guest today is former Prime Minister of Trinidad and Tobago, Bastio Pandey, as we continue our conversation about his life, which is entwined with the most important global issues of the 20th and 21st century, colonialism, decolonization, socialism versus capitalism and the Cold War, the rise and fall of trade unionism, race relations, poverty and development, black power, African-Indian relations, the nature of political power itself. He overcame the disadvantages of his poor village background, faced his personal fears, and took strong stands on these major issues for his whole life, ready to pay the price when necessary. His personal story is important for the world. In episodes 2 and 3, we spoke about his background in the poor agricultural village of St. Julian in Trinidad, his going to London to become a lawyer, and his subsequent acting career in major films and television in the 1950s and 1960s, and how he gave up his Commonwealth scholarship in law to dive into politics for the first time in a radical new party that was challenging the neo-colonial status quo that was emerging in Trinidad and Tobago, just three years after independence from Britain. We rejoin the interview when Pandey takes the stage in a small village meeting in Trinidad with the world-renowned intellectual and writer C.L.R. James. So here you are on, on this lorry stage with C.L.R. James, C.L.R. James speaking. Yeah, yes, C.L.R. Do you remember what James talked about? Oh God, no! That was uh, that been too <laughs> but, long. Well, um, you know, in, in tr- James was an international figure, well known. I mean, he he had his his books, uh, um, Beyond the Boundary, which was uh, you know, which is his, one of his his masterpiece, uh, as well as uh, Black Jacobin. But I I doubt the the Princess Town audience um, were enamored. By, by that, probably. They, they probably didn't know much about that, did they? Or, or what, what was their sort of response to James? I think their attitude would have been among these poor rural yeah. farming community and so on, that here was a bright man. Right. And whatever he was saying had to be good. Exactly. Had to, now, how about you? You yourself um, were I not suppose, I, I suppose. Sorry. What sorry, was I your didn't. view of James? Uh, because you, you were not political at the time. I admired him tremendously. Um, Why? He had courage. He was, he, he was a brilliant intellectual. Um, Did you read I, his books already? Um, no, I hadn't at that time. All I had read was law books and so on yes. uh, before that. So what and, gave you the impression and, of his... Of his Brilliant intellect. Were people talking about him in London or anything, or what? Mm, I would not know, as I say, because I didn't uh, yeah. belong to that crowd. That's right. Uh, uh, but uh, he was very, he was admired. He, and he was he, an amazing speaker. Amazing. Oh, gosh. Yes. So. As a matter of fact, we contested the elections together in 66. Oh. <laughs> so, so remember, uh, uh, when I stayed there, uh, um, after that thing with Stephen and so on, the next year was the 1966 elections. Right. 
uh, we formed the we got together formed the workers and farmers party right exactly and 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 this was again uh, because it was felt that the the two major parties were, were too racially based and not That's class right. based the whole object was our idea was that here was a society that was divided uh, basically indians africans yeah and the politic the politics was generally racial yeah simbunath kapilev coming back as the indian counter match to eric williams doctor for doctor politics if you remember yeah. those words and so on so there are the indians uh, clinging around kapilev and uh, the afro-trinidadian clinging around williams and we thought that the line should be drawn this way yeah. not horizontally but perpendicularly where the upper class was on top and we were below we were there and the idea was to unite the indians and africans of the working class that was the object now, and as you, the name itself suggests workers and farmers party right now in in london um, as you said, you weren't political. So, I mean, did you consider yourself a socialist or anything at the time? No, not at all. No. Not but at in all. Trinidad, I think one of your first speeches was, I'm happy to be called a communist. <laughs> is that, uh, you know, that is because um, Dr. Williams and the PNM had spread this thing that we are communists. Right. Because, we were, because we were fighting for the working class. Yeah. And we were using um, terms which belong to the uh, working class, class uh, uh, Verbiage, if I may use that. That's right. Yes. Now we we were we were talking about let those who labor hold the reins and that sort of thing. That's right. Well, James was certainly a Marxist. I mean, he was unapologetic about. Yes. Yes. But he was an independent Marxist. He was not a Soviet Union person at all. Ah, I think he was more Trotskyite. Yeah. At the time, then he even broke yeah. them as well. Yeah. But yeah. now, so your first elections, you lost the deposit. Your first, well, yeah, well, um, I think we created a record in that the thirty-six of us lost the uh, our deposits. <laughs> so, but so. the best joke about this was, the country was divided so racially political, such racial division that my father told me, son, you, you go, I know you're going up for election and I'll vote for you, but only because you're my son. <laughs> you wanted to vote for the DLP. <laughs> but and, I came, and, I came and, spoiled, and I came and spoiled his wish by, by, putting up a, by, by joining a political party uh, uh, which, which he didn't want at all. He wanted <laughs> So he voted for me because I was his son. <laughs> so now, was, and, and that itself, um, you know, was audacious. You know, we, we're talking about audacity and courage throughout your career. Because, I mean, you, I think you would have known you weren't going to defeat the PNM and DLP. I did. Did, did, did you go in actually thinking you would, or, or did you sort of know you weren't going to do it? But it's you. It was worth a try. You had to do this. What? what, what? Was it? What we thought of, we thought that if we united the Indians and Africans of the 
the, the working class. We'd break the racial politics. The idea was to break the racial politics uh, uh, at the time. Uh, we had lots of success, actually. Uh, but after the elections, a lot of the people who had lost the elections and so on left the country, became disenchanted. Dr. Bakan Dubey, I remember. Yeah, from Princess Town, he, he had fought the elections as well, and um, uh, he left the country. Max Eiffel. Yes. Uh, th there is a joke about Max Eiffel that I must give you. Okay. Uh, now, Max Eiffel was a brilliant man, really brilliant, very intelligent. Person. An Afro Trinidadian lawyer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he probably was the worst orator uh, <laughs> you could think of. Speak in very jagged terms and so on. And um, we were having a meeting in Woodford Square. And uh, CLR James, I, I used to call him uh, the general. Okay. And I said, um, General, oh, they put me in charge of organizing this speaker, speaking list. Okay. So I said, uh, General, uh, I'm organizing this speaking list. So, and so on. Sorry, about how old would you have been? This was 1933, you were born. This is 65. So you I was about 30, 32, 32, 33. Right, uh, good. Yeah. And um, I said, General, uh, tell me, uh, do you want to speak before Max or after Max? He says, young Basil. I will speak before Max, after Max, or during Max. <laughs> I'll never forget that. By the way, did, she, did he have the accident at that time and was his shaking and all that? Do you remember? Like, because there was a time where, where C.L.A. James had an accident and had, he was shaking, yeah. he couldn't not write as, anymore. Not as much. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, was, he was really a, a, a quaint guy. I remember we were... We were campaigning. Uh, you know, they used to build the shops long time with large doors and uh, a little pavement like in front of the shop. So, mm -hmm. uh, and there we were in front of the shop. The door was closed, of course, and painted in green. Mm -hmm. And uh, somebody threw a big rock at, at, at CLR. Oh. And, um, yeah, of course. And it hit the the shop door, and some of the green paint came off on the on the rock. And James would walk with this rock at every public meeting <laughs> and show them the kind of violence in which the PNM was prepared to go and so on and so forth. Right, right. Where, what did you face election violence? Yes, I, I, I um, I fought the Naparima seat, and I remember uh, fighting the Naparima seat. I was on a platform. If you know Barakpo, uh, where the police station is now, there's a junction there. And again, we used to speak with, uh, uh, at the shop front. They'd close the shop and, and uh, the shop yard, so to speak, and we'd speak from there. But I had a meeting there. Captain Deo had just, I think the week before, had a meeting. And they, were, they assembled with the torch. Right. And they would light, they would light flambeaux uh -huh. 
and there'd be hundreds of thousands of flambeaux at this meeting and so on. We Which had like just, a, a, just for the international uh, listeners, that's like a, a, a bottle, a, a uh-huh. glass bottle with oil and a rag in it, and you uh, yeah. light it. Yeah. 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 We put pitch oil, something called pitch oil, kerosene, Yes. In, in the bottle, take a rag, stuff it down in the bottle and leave a little bit at the top and light the top so that um, so that was the flambeau. And they'd have flambeau and so on. They had a meeting there before, uh, the week before. And there am I, this, this young uh, greenhorn, uh, having this meeting and talking what? Economics. <laughs> talking. <laughs> no wonder talking. you lost a deposit. <laughs> when, when, when I'm finished, when I was finished, man from the audience, villager, came and pat me on the back. He said, Chief, you make a good speech there, you know. We're in the wrong party. <laughs> he, he voted the LP. <laughs> the, the thing that really hurt me with that election, yeah. I fought the Naparima seat and lost. I didn't mind losing. I didn't mind losing. Right. But I got 326 votes and Lionel Frank Sukaran got 327 and that hurt me. <laughs> I, got I got 326. He, got, he beat me by one, one vote. And Lionel Frank Sukaran. We, 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 we both lost our deposit, obviously. Right. And, and, and he was a major political oh, yeah. figure uh, but, in Trinidad. And, and his you. grandson is now Attorney General of Trinidad and Tobago. This day, yes, yeah. I mean, so, so that was a major, major person. And you were a young person, you came on and you lost yeah. just by one vote. He, he, broke, he broke with the DLP, I think he, yeah. I'm not sure whether he, he broke with the DLP yes. and, um, and fought as an independent, I think, in, 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 in that election. Yes, yes. So, I mean, so the, the violence, though, um, that I was asking you about, did, did you um, experience any election violence? I did not, not, not right. physical violence. I did right. not experience any yeah. physical yeah, violence. Because, because uh, in Trinidad, but they were not characterized but, by political but, violence except the 61 elections. Yeah, but sometimes the, the verbal violence yeah. was so intense, you'd have preferred to have a little slap <laughs> on the back. <laughs> But but so that's why the rock thing really um, uh, is surprising yeah. to me because it, that's not a, a usual thing in, no. in Trinidad no. politics. Even when it gets very heated, um, it, it doesn't uh, reach that level in Trinidad. So that yeah, I I don't think we 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 experience uh, violence in, in in that election. Yeah. Um, but but what happened? But as I say. The idea was to unite the Indians and Africans. The whole, I've always believed that the single most deleterious factor preventing us from becoming truly a nation is the racial division in the country, or the division in the country, which is basically ethnic, racist, and so on. And the, the, the obverse of that is that a lot of people have called you a racist, for, oh, yeah. for for raising uh, issues Racial. of discrimination, Racial. you know. So so there, there's this kind of um, it, it, it's sort of a a, a weird a, a gulf of consciousness. So so there are some people who believe that by raising these issues, you are raising 
racial tensions. And then you, on the other hand, are saying, well, you need to raise these issues. If that was the case, then Mandela would be the biggest racist, wouldn't he? Exactly, exactly. But he was not. That's right. And and so, yeah, so so you very much experienced that. Through, through All that. right. And again, sorry. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, so, so again, and, and, and you know, I, I want to know some of the personal things because as you said, and this is very common in Trinidad and Tobago, so people lost, when they lost the election, a lot of people migrated. And this yes. happened in Trinidad. People migrate a lot when, when they decide that, listen, I don't have a future here. There's nothing here. So they, they go to America, they go to Canada, they go to England, and they leave. You didn't, but you had a scholarship to, you were in London already. You had a scholarship to go to India, but you did not decide to go. Why is that? Well, first of all, Having decided to join this struggle of Sailor James and Stephen and so on, I set up a law practice in San Fernando in this. Because one, one more part, because even Sailor James left. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, so anyway. Even Capaldeo left. That's right. Capaldeo left. Sailor James left. You're right. But you stayed. Mm-hmm. So I set up practice. But strangely enough, the very thing we were fighting against became an asset for me. That is to say, the the law set up the industrial court. Right. And said, if you have a dispute, you go to the industrial court. So here was a court that dealt with both law and economics. Yes. And I had both law and economics. Right. So I became the lawyer for several trade unions. Okay. And always in the industrial court fighting for workers, never appeared for a single and, case for the employer. And the OWTU was one of the uh, leaders? I, be, I, became the, I, I became the lawyer for uh, uh, Seaman of uh, uh, Joe Young's. Transport right. and Industry yeah. Workers Trade Union, uh, Bedos, uh, Food and Allied, all, lots of small in the, uh, unions. I became the the lawyer for them, practicing in the industrial court. And and this is in the sixties. And and after independence, the trade unions were agitating. They, they were. They, although they agitated for independence, and many of the workers voted for Eric Williams, they were dissatisfied in the early years of independence, and they became more and more radical. Is, is that correct? Yeah, yes, that's yeah. right. I, I, that's right. Because I mean, and and so so you were involved with the radical trade unions. So and- I I I I with the trade unions, but I I can't <laughs> explain it. <laughs> But for some reason, I figured I should be more than their lawyer. And I began actually going into the trenches with them. You and edited the marching. newspaper, right? For well, the that came later, I, right. I, for which I was arrested, actually. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I want to get to that point. But yes, but you start to march and everything you're saying. <laughs> but uh, so what happened was that I would join them in their marches and their struggles and their strikes and all that sort of thing. Um, 
In, there was a bus, in, in 1968, there was a bus strike because Eric Williams made oh. strikes illegal. It was against the law for any union to strike. And then uh, the, the unions organized this bus strike, and you were part of that, did, correct? Uh, well, we correct? decided, um, the, the, <clears throat> the government says they were going to break the strike. So we decided, there were a lot of us, Stephen Maraj and myself and George Weeks and Joe Young and the whole lot of us, we gathered um, on, I think it was called Independence Square. It's still called Independence Square. Right. Uh, it was Marine it, Square at the time. The PTSC had, it his, it had it, his headquarters there. And we decided that um, we are going to block block these buses. Right, so that's uh, a bus company. The bus, because they, they are going to break the strike. And they're going to drive the buses out. So they got we, scab labor to do that? Um, well, or whatever. I, I, I wouldn't call them scab. Poor guys, they, their job depended upon it. <laughs> Sorry, um, I was using, using left-wing trade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so what happened is, here we are, stand up in front of the gate, where the bus is supposed to come out. And as the buses come, we put our hands on the buses and... We are trying to stop the buses with our hands. Yes. And um, the supervisor is saying, drive the bus, drive the bus, drive it, kill him. The poor driver uh, wouldn't. He couldn't drive the bus and kill us. Right. By that time, the police had arrived with what they call the Black Maria. I don't know if you know what the Black Maria is, the police van. Yes. Uh-huh. Right? And they began tossing us into the van, the police van. And I will never forget this one. They, they tossed me in weeks and a lot of us in the, in the police van. But for some reason, they, they had a respect for Stephen. Right. He was... But Stephen wouldn't have us go alone. Stephen came into the van to put it on himself. He walked in. <laughs> walked into the police. <laughs> he wouldn't let us go alone. Um, and of course, they arrested the whole lot of us. Threw us in the cell that was on St. Uh, the police station was on St. Vincent Street, opposite the Red House. And uh, they put us in a cell down there. And so you know, I remember when I was arrested in 2003, you came to the police station with me during the budget debate. But so, so this is a, a mirror. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was that. That was the bus strike. So that, that is what happened. <clears throat> I wasn't merely the lawyer for the unions. Mm-hmm. Became the lawyer for the... Uh, we became the editor of the Vanguard for the oil field workers union as well. Uh, but I got involved in their struggles. And, and, and this is interesting because, again, it's a multiracial um, yes. working class struggle. Yes. And, and very often, the thing like the bus workers, are mainly Afro Trinidadians, I would say. Or, or uh, yes, yes, they were and, mixed. Yeah, and then the, the oil workers, certainly the leaders, Joe Young was an Afro Trinidadian, George Weeks yes. was an Afro Trinidadian. Bedo, Francis Bedo. Right. And, and, and as the radical trade union um, was, movement was, was becoming more radicalized, more socialist, there was also another strand that started to come in, which is the whole black power thing. In it. Because the whole civil rights movement was going on in... And also the development 
of an ideological lunatic fringe. Right. Which has another story, actually, when I was leader of the opposition. Yes, but because we, I do want to get to that, Namoti and those people. But uh, uh, That's but, right. Yeah, but let, let's... Um, so, so first, because this is the 60s, and so in the United States, you had Malcolm X, and you had Martin Luther King, and all that was going on. And of course, particularly the Afro-Trinidadian population here would definitely be watching that with great interest. Certainly. Um, and the, and the, there was the incident um, in, in, in Canada at the, with, with the university. That's right, the Sir George... Um, Sir George... Sir yes. George Williams, was it? Um, I, think, I think so, Sir George Yes, at, at, in Montreal, the West Indian right. students um, who, were, who were supporting the whole black power, black struggle. In fact, black power as a slogan was said by Stokely Carmichael, who was a yes. Trinidadian who migrated I, to the States and led. And was banned from returning. Right. Eric Williams <laughs> banned Stokely Carmichael from coming to Trinidad. And you as prime minister lifted that ban. Yeah, in, that's right. When was it? 1999, 98? <laughs> Somewhere above. Yeah, like a 30-year 30, 30 ban. Um, that was not lifted by anybody except yourself. And, yeah. and a lot of times in the local racial, in local politics, they, they, they point to you being a racist, a pro-Indian racist. But they, they, I think a lot of times in the local politics now, people don't understand the radical trade union right. background you come from. Um, I suppose they believed, those who did that, believed that attack was the best method of defense. Yes. Who probably were themselves racist. Yes. But in order to defend themselves, they attack you for being a racist. That's right. That's anyway. right. And, and so, so, so you had, um, did, did you have any links with Stokely Carmichael at the time? Or no, 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 no. Right. no. Uh, so we, we, had, we had reached the point where the Workers and Farmers Party had lost the elections. The party had dissipated. I got involved in trade union activity, legal and trade union activity and so on. Now, during the Black Power State of Emergency and the, the army mutiny that happened here, what, what were you doing? Um, I remember I, 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 I supported the movement and I, I remember uh, when uh, Gettys Granger, as he was then, yeah. and, and um, Dave Darbo. Dave Dabo, right. now Kafra Kambon. Yes. Yeah. I remember when they, they, they too had the concept that it was a bad thing for Trinidad to be divided. Yes. And I will yeah. never forget the, the big banner Indians and Africans unite. Yes. And with that banner, they decided that they would leave Port Spain and come down to San Fernando to join there in court. In, Indian brothers. Did you join the march? At Chaguanas. Right. I met them at Chaguanas. Now, and so you have been, how long were you in jail for? Uh, when? Um, in 68, when you were um, uh, for the bus strike, because um, I'm presuming, I, that's the only time I know that you were in jail at that, in that period. Were you jailed more what? than once? Or well, we, were, we, were, we were jailed for Bloody Tuesday. Yes, that's in 75. I'm that's in 75. Yeah, yeah, but in the 60s, that was the first time you were jailed? We, we were arrested. Put in the police after, van. 
I'm placed in the cell. Right. But it was maybe just an overnight thing or something? Did they let you go? I, I can't remember. Okay. Uh, I right. can't remember. They must have. Uh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, one must look at the records to see what really happened. Right. But, but, but anyway, so, so you continued your activism. You joined this black, this national black power I, march. Which I, all, begin- yeah. Yes. Yeah, go uh, And uh, I remember Badis Sagan Maharaj and his, had a lieutenant named Ram Pratap. And, and Badis Sagan Maharaj was the leader of the Hindus in the 1950s. He uh, was the leader of the Hindus and also of the trade union movement that, that uh, represented uh, the workers, uh, uh, the laborers. Right, mostly. which were the poor Hindus who, yeah, who yeah. really formed the bulk of the sugar workers. Yeah, so, well, Was Badesh still the leader of the union at that time? Yes. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> uh, so you remember during Black Power? Uh, yes, they, 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 they came down there. Uh, and in Kuva, where the police station is, they entered the police station, there was a, a train line. The train used to run on a line that crossed the road there. And I remember that very well. And next to the train line was this shop, this owned by a, a Chinese gentleman. Mm-hmm. But he had his shop below and his living quarters. have a lot of Chinese Trinidadians that have been here for over a century. Oh, uh, yeah. Two centuries, yeah. Just to let the international audience know. And had a, yeah, he had his living quarters on above the shop, and he, he had what we call a gallery. Which yes. Called, you know, it's a gallery. Well, a, a kind of porch, yeah. That kind of porch. Yeah. It was a wooden, wooden building, if I remember, and he allowed us to use the porch to speak. Yes. Uh, I remember that. I know that was during the Black Power, right? Right. Yes. So that's interesting. So the yes. point is that a Chinese shop owner and, allowed... And, and, and uh, <clears throat> buddies... I told the sugar workers, don't let them in. They come to take your work, your job, and set up, set up an antagonistic situation. Because what is and, interesting there is that the, these young black power advocates were rebelling against Eric Williams, who was seen as the Afro-Trinidadian leader. And, and they were calling him neo-colonial, right? The, the neo-colonial regime and, and that he was leading a neo-colonial uh, government. And that it wasn't sufficiently independent. That's correct. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. yes that's, that's right. So I remember that um, Badis had said, don't let them come here and so on and so forth. And the government was so wicked that they stopped the buses running at 10 o'clock. <laughs> now, you, you don't expect the Black Power movement and ourselves to have a meeting which ends at 10? Yes. After all, it has to go on to midnight, doesn't it? Anyway, they <laughs> stopped the buses from running. So there are these uh, Black Power supporters in Cuba, no cargo home. So that means, and so that means, so a lot of Afro Trinidadians from the north of the country coming Is down in, to in central Cuba, South area. And can't go back home. Yeah, and, and mainly Indian area. And I, I remember going up on that platform and calling upon them to open your doors. They can't go home. 
they will not sleep on the streets. Open your doors. To which there was a very good response. Right. There was a very good response to that. Yeah. Um, so that, 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 that was that incident. Uh, so, and so now, I, during that time, you had decided to lead a union yourself. Is that correct? Well, what, hap- <laughs> what, happened, is, what happened was this. The industrial civilization had, had created what is called bargaining units. And the trade union would recognize would, would would be recognized as the bargaining agent for a bargaining unit, and so the sugar workers were divided into the laborers and factories workers. In fact, it was called the the sugar worker uh, um, all Trinidad sugar estates and factories workers trade union that yeah, was the name long name that's right I, I, I lost it. Uh, i oh, above them was the sugar industry staff association okay. and above them were the uh, higher echelons of management so there are three bargaining units I became uh, the guys in the ATAS, uh, the sugar industry, that bargaining unit uh, uh, that was just above the workers. They asked me to be their lawyer. I said, right. Now I'm their lawyer and we're doing well. We are fighting, struggling and so on and so forth. But the workers are, are below. They all, the factory and workers, them. They were being betrayed by their union. They were being sold out by their union. There's a history of that. It's a pity the guys in the university have not written about this. But anyway, uh, they, they, they were really being sold out. Um, like, for example, was, how are they being sold out? There was one, one case, for example, they go to uh, a bargain for wages. Yeah. And there was one reported situation whereby this would flip a coin to determine what to do, what, what, how much to ask for. Right. Uh, the workers were also being brutalized because every time they stood up, the union was in the hands of the company. Yeah. So that uh, those workers, the workers in the fields and so on, they're asking me to represent them. Was this while Badis was alive or after Badis he died? Was yeah, no, he was, alive. Alive. he was alive. Okay. And um, I said, but uh, I can't represent you because you belong to a bargaining unit and only the bargaining unit can uh, give me permission to represent you. I can't. And I just, I just want to point this out to the, to the listeners, international listeners again. Badis... This is, Williams was seen as a godlike figure. I mean, Badeus was a, I don't know if godlike is the right word, but he was certainly a formidable figure that, that, he um, certainly was. He yeah, certainly. like you didn't want to mess with at all because exactly. he had a reputation for being rough, rough as well. Yes. Um, but, and, um, so again, <clears throat> this, this is 
pointing to the to the your audacity and and you 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 are constantly taking on the big icons in the in the society so what i did is since i couldn't bargain and fight for them at the lower level but i was the lawyer for the atas the upper level yes i told the guys i said listen you know we're going to help those fellows down there we are going to change the rules of your union atas to recruit members of the lower staff we got it that is how we're going to get them into our union and we don't will be able to represent them they become members of our union and uh, there was a guy by the name of Roy Rajaram who was uh, pre- president of the atas union and his house was literally firebombed and by whom do you know no but i suspect <laughs> yes <I> was... <laughs> uh, not the government probably i uh, no no not the government yes but uh, but the you was yes. was the leaders of the union we were trying to take over that's right and um as a matter of fact that boy roy rajaram they threw a molotov cocktail at his house and um his child you know you know the, there's a window and there's what is called the window sill right right and his child was lying just below that window sill when they threw this molotov cocktail at his house at the window mm-hmm. and it is a lucky thing that it didn't come through otherwise it would kill his child right uh, and he got, he he got scared to death yeah. and he le- he left the country and went to canada right mm-hmm. so like, again uh, another sort of story and and you so were not scared and you stayed <laughs> but what happened was uh i remember when there was this 66 uh, 61 66 elections we decided we will boycott that election the 71 is it is 71 Yeah, the uh the, 61 the, the, 61 and 5. Oh, yeah, no, 66 and 5 71. You're yeah, quite yeah. right. 71, man. The 71 election, we boycott the 71 elections because we we didn't want the voting machines and so on. We wanted the voting age to be reduced to 18. And we said we will not contest the election unless there's a reintroduction of the ballot box and the voting age is reduced to 18. Now Badis decided that he is going to contest the Naprima seat. Yes. And I think he told the people that Eric Williams said that he'll rig the machines in order to get him in and so on. <laughs> so he goes down to fight Naprima seat. But 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 this is one of these populist people Yeah. Who didn't necessarily have a, a high regard for ethics, let's say, uh, but, uh, but 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 he was kind of this man of the people sure. sort of thing. At the time, I was living right here. Um, okay. In in, in uh, uh, Brian's Gate. Right. And and election day now, about 
two o'clocks. A few cars pulled up in front of my door. And the fellow say, Chief, I say, yeah. They say it looked like Badia's going to win. And we're going to vote for the PNM. We're <laughs> going to vote for the PNM to ensure that he loses. They did. Yeah. And he lost. Mm-hmm. That, he lost. That's very interesting uh, for, for students of Trinidadian politics. who Where, Whereas like- Badia Sarai, who are the union leader, uh-huh. their religious leader, their political leader, goes in the heart of, 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 of the stronghold and loses. Yes. Yeah. It, indi- it indicated the success of the working class struggle right. that we were carrying on. Although we lost elected, we were saying it's a no-vote campaign. That was part of the struggle. And you are going to break the no-vote campaign. Well, we'll vote against you. And so they voted against him. I, I remember I remember him making a statement, which is rather funny. He said, uh, um, they have rejected me religiously. They have rejected me politically. And they've rejected me unionly. You will leader of the union, you see? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I remember that very well. <laughs> and I think he may have died... Uh, of heartbreak. He yeah. died soon after. He, he died did. soon after. He that's, died soon afterwards. That's right. I I I would I would think something like that myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um you know Naipaul has said about Trinidad, you know, that there's uh so many stories of of Trinidad are stories of failure, personal failure and, and yeah. Sure. And you know it's tra- tragedies and things like that. So he died. And when he died, at the same time, a mutiny had taken place. Right, in the army. Because just like how the bus workers didn't want to run you over, the army in Trinidad didn't want to attack the young protesters. And that's what what the mutiny was. They didn't want to follow the orders to attack their own people. That's right, and there was this mutiny. Yes. Now, as a result, now, Baris is dead. He has left in charge Rampertap Singh, mm-hmm. who was his, his um, deputy, sort of second in command. Yes, but um, that sounded too good. Anyway, <laughs> who was equally a thug. Okay. Carried guns and so on, terrorized workers and so on and so forth. And terrorizing their own workers, eh? they're terrorizing them not to fight against the company. Uh, because they had, they had sold out. They were getting a cut from the company or something. Sometime, whatever they were getting. Right. I... now... And, and, and sorry, by the way, that was Booker's, um, so the, the sugar company that was based in London, is, this, is that correct? It was called the St. Madeline Sugar Company, which was probably owned by Booker's, yes. Yeah, so, so, so you still it's have the Tate and Lyle, that's it. It was Tate and Lyle. That's it, that's it. Right, Booker's was Guyana, Tate and Lyle was Trinidad. That's right. And um, so you still had the British companies operating in Trinidad, even though they were independent and all that, right? So so it was sort of a a hangover from the colonial days, right? So that what happened is, Rafiq Shah, who had led the mutiny, 
and had been imprisoned and so on, uh, was in jail. He was a, a, a hero, a national hero among, among the, the radicals, people. yeah. Williams hated and, him. And he promised that I will win this mutiny and I will come out and I will lead you, sugar workers. I will lead you. Because that is the base, you see. The sugar yes. workers constitute the base. And I would lead you and so on. And Rampertap realized that he couldn't hold this union against um, Rafiksha. So what he did is he came to me and he asked me, he says, uh, will you accept the presidency of the All Trinidad Union? And I said, um, he said, because uh, the Indian Union will dissipate and other fellows will come and take it over and so on. I said, uh, I'll consider that on one condition, that I'm elected to the, the position. Right. And I also tell you that I will not lift a finger to help you, to help you help me be elected. I will not right. lift a finger. And, and, and you didn't want it to be a rigged election, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but but it was inevitable. Exactly. Because that's how they stayed in office. That's right. They stayed in office by rigging elections. So it was inevitable. I I um I can't remember who contested the election. Somebody contested the election, I'm not sure. But I became president general of the old Trinidad Union after Badis died in nineteen seventy two. I think it was too. That's correct. Or oh, 1973, around there. And I mean, and and when you took over the Sugar Workers Union, um, it was uh, uh, you. It, you immediately, I think, uh, started to bring together the other unions, um, oil, sugar, because Badis, in a sense, was keeping them apart. Is that correct? Cor absolutely correct. So now we started this movement of uniting the Indians and Africans of the working class. And you had a nice saying about oil and sugar mixing. Oh, that was a lovely one. Yeah. I remember the, the, the opposition saying, because I am leading the sugar workers, Weeks is leading the oil workers, and we are trying to unite. So uh, Indian, Trinidadian, the Afro-Trinidadian. The opposition said, oil and sugar cannot mix. Oil and sugar don't mix. Yes. And I replied by saying, Quite to the contrary. When oil and sugar mix, it becomes sweet oil. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and and I mean that, and so, uh -huh. that is what led to the ULF. That's right, because because you see, and and you know, just before the ULF, you had because Williams outlawed um, public demonstrations. If I'm correct. not correct. And Correct. so you had the march for... That's right. Yeah, so, so explain so, that march for bread, justice, and peace, was it? Peace, bread, and justice. Right. So we were being very successful in uniting the races, uh, uniting the, the working class across racial lines. We were very successful. And in fact, there was a meeting in, in, in Skinner's Park for that purpose, again, we are having meetings all over the place, uniting people. And it was 
a tremendously successful meeting. Now, let me ask you, there was a saying, there was a phrase you had coined and used to use, but I don't know if you had used it since back then. So you can tell me. You had a phrase called the parasitic oligarchy. Oh, that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was a little later. <laughs> later. Okay, so you didn't get on to uh, that at that time. Not yet. Right. Um, we were very successful in uniting the workers of oil and sugar. And in that, there was the transport and industrial uh, workers union and uh, um, also the food and allied union. The working class was actually coming together. And we had this meeting in, in Skinner's Park for the purpose of demonstrating our unity. And it was tremendously successful. And uh, following upon that meeting, there, were, <clears throat> there was a convergence of struggles. I was struggling in the sugar industry and I was asking for 100% yeah. because a sugar worker is about 63 cents an hour. Yeah. And, um, 100% for, is a dollar 26. <laughs> uh, yeah. yes. That would be in $5 a day. Yeah. And I was asking for 10. <laughs> right? I, 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 was, I, I was fighting for the unit. Weeks was fighting for his workers. Joe Young was fighting for, for his, and there was a convergence of struggles. So, against, yeah, and, and let me put this I, in context. So you are fighting Tate and Lyle, a big multinational. No, by that time it was... Um, <coughs> Caroline 1975 okay. Limited. So, so the government the had part. taken over. That's now, now what, about, all, what about uh, Joe, uh, I mean, George Weeks? Was it Texaco? Texaco. Uh, Texaco. Was Shell still there or they had gone? I can't recall. I think Shell may have gone. I think it was just so Texaco was the but, multinational then. But there, the employer was a common employer. Right. The government. Mm -hmm. So the government had already nationalized the sugar industry. So they're the employer of the sugar workers. They had nationalized um, oil. Oil was um, yeah, Africans. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the bus workers and so on. Yeah. And there was a convergence of struggles. And we decided that since there was a common employer called the government, yeah. we would lead a march from San Fernando to Port of Spain for peace, bread, and justice. Right. So it's kind of like the Black Power March the other way. Yeah, we're going to, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it was the 18th of March, 1975. Yeah. And there's a very good book written on it by Owen Batiste um, called Crisis, an excellent book, where a young Bastio Pandey yourself with your longer flowing hair and your oh. charismatic presence. <laughs> One of the things that, 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 um, that uh, stood out to me when I, I read that book so many years ago, um, you, you talked about, uh, because Bades had died and he was the leader of the Hindu religious organization as well as political organization, as well as the trade union. Um, and you talked about uh, a new type of Hindu, uh, a, a new type of, uh, and, and you were talking about sort of like a, a new uh, interpretation of Ram and leading the struggle. So instead of a kind of passive, a passive Indian, which sometimes the, the, the notion of Gandhi sort of promotes, a sort of weak Indian, uh, you're talking about a struggling Ram as a of, weapon. As, as a matter of fact, when I came into the industry, 
the sugar industry and began uh, trying to organize them to struggle and fight and so on, they had actually accepted the fact that they should be treated as they were being treated. The, the Hindus were saying, well, if that is the wish of Ram, we're paying for these sins that we did in the last life and so on. The Muslims are saying, Allah knows best. And you know what I had to do to mobilize them? When I would call these, these meetings to talk to them, I would refer to the Quran and the struggles of Muhammad, which he had. They were fighting. I would talk about the Hindus. The Mahabharata is about war and struggle and so on. And I'd talk to the Christian and remind them of a hymn that, that said, Onward Christian soldiers yes. marching us to war. <laughs> the object was to speak to them. And there were three separate groups who were kept divided. And you united them. I, I was able to unite them by indicating to each group that their religion their, uh, was to fight for, for, for their rights. They must fight for it. So, so in a sense, you had to, you had to instill bravery in, in the world. And, and we succeeded in developing a tremendous um, army. That, 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 that's the high. Can you imagine getting workers to strike one week and work one week and strike one week and work one week? They had to have enormous discipline to do that. How, how, how did you do that? Because I mean, I'm just thinking in, in today's world, I mean, where, where so many of the workers seem so passive, right? The, you know, the government has just thrown out 5,000 people in Petrochemist well, and, and people well, are just taking it. Well, I tell you. The, the the workers were prepared to fight, and uh, we we had mobilized them uh, to the point where they were willing to fight. Uh, I can't recall whether we that that was before Tuesday, Bloody Tuesday. But what had what Bloody Tuesday did to us? is that Bloody Tuesday made us realize that all the struggles of the working class that we had achieved could be wiped out with the stroke of a political pen. So let, let's just uh, recap. What was Bloody Tuesday? Bloody Tuesday was we had organized this march um, and we were going to start from the oil field workers trade union headquarters, which is in um, Circular Road. And you called it a religious march because political For demonstrations peace, were peace, bread and justice. Yes. yes, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, uh, well, in that march, the police was run by a guy called Randolph Burroughs. Right. And um, there we were. had a formidable reputation as a... Yeah, a violence. That's right. So there we were, at the Oilfield Workers Trade Union, ready to come out, start our march. When we got word that there were police, because we had decided that when we come out of, 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 of uh, 
circular road, we would turn uh, left, we'd go up to Monrepo, uh, take the highway, and go up to Port of Spain. We heard that there were some bushes there, that there were snipers there. We got that message that there were snipers waiting for us. So we decided we'd change our strategy immediately. So we decided, weeks myself, those of us who are struggling, we decided that when we come out of Circular Road, instead of turning left, we would turn right. Okay. And we would go down Coffee Street instead. Mm -hmm. By this time, there are helicopters flying overboard. There are police uh, outside the Union building. And did, did Eric Williams issue direct threats to you all? Or no? Not direct. No. There's more boroughs who issued these kind of things? Not direct. Afterward, afterwards, he had said that um, we are lucky because in another country, the first hundred would have been shot. Yes, I remember William said that. Okay. Yeah. He didn't issue threats directly before the march. We turned on uh, into Coffee Street. And in this airplane upstairs, was a deputy commissioner of police. I can't remember his name. Can't remember his name at the time. So he directed. He they found out we were we changed our minds. We were going in another direction. And by the time we had reached with the Susumacha Church on Coffee Street, there was a police barrier waiting for us. And uh, they told us that. Um, well, we, we can't go forward and so on. So there is this deadlock. They are standing there. We are standing there. We are not moving and you know, nobody's moving and so on. Um, we tried to go forward. They threw tear gas at us. Huh? And as they threw tear gas at us, we kicked back the tear gas at them. Right. And the wind started blowing there. And they now scattered. <laughs> the and police scattered. Yeah. Some of them ran into the crowd and started beating up the people and so on and so forth. And they ran coffee street. A lot of people were injured. Um, everything was chaos after that. Were you injured? I was on the front line. Yeah. Uh, uh, with Weeks and, and the others. Did you, did you get a bad... I've seen bloody skulls. Did you get... Uh, I... I stumbled on with, with the tear gas. I stumbled on to the pavement. And I see, in stumbling onto the pavement, my glasses must have fallen. And I went down Coffee Street, turned up Carib Street, and went into the compound of the Presbyterian School, the Grand School, and the church that was there. Mm -hmm. right? I don't know what is going on. I was screaming and all sorts of things. And it is from there, we had, we had made a plan that uh, if the government tried to stop us and so on, whoever escaped would continue the march until Chagornas, because we had decided to march until Chagornas, overnight at Chagornas, and go on to Port of Spain. So we had people waiting for us in Chagornas and so on. And I remember that I stumbled on there, got into the compound, um, people gathering around and so on. And uh, cut a long story short, uh, 
I said, I must get back to the union headquarters. How to get back to the union headquarters? Because I am one that escaped. I don't know how many others did. Oh, John Humphrey did. John Humphrey did, and he started walking. And he started walking up Parapia Road, and they meet him, and they, and they beat him up badly. They yes. injured, injured his um, intestines, actually. Wow, wow. And, 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 that, and that's an important thing, too, because... John Humphrey was a white Trinidadian from, a, from an old, um, prestigious family. And yeah. he had joined the struggle. He had joined uh, the struggle. You know, he had joined the struggle very much and, and, um, and you know, paid a physical price and, and also. Oh, of, tremendous price he paid. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what he was I, a very good friend of yours. And, uh, oh, always. Decades. Uh, so what I, what I told the fellows, I said, listen, I have to reach Oilfield Workers Trade Union headquarters to regroup. They put me in a car to lie down on the floor of where the back seat is. And three fellows came and sat down on the seat and put their foot on me, their feet on me. Uh -huh. And they drove the car out of the Grand School compound, up Carib Street. When we re when we reached where the old uh, power station was, uh, there's a group of policemen. But I am lying down on the floor of, of, of the car, and the guys have their feet on top of me, so you can't see me at all. So we drove up to the Oilfield Workers Trade Union, and from there, I decided that I must reach Chagonas because that's, that that was the plan. And uh, all kind of machinations and so on. We waited until it was ra the rain came. Mm -hmm. And during a big shower, I they put it though, sheltering. They don't want to get wet. I ran out into the rain, into a car, and the car took off. Right. And the car took off. When it, the fellas are brilliant. When the car reached Taruba, change the car. Car changed. <laughs> and I head up to um heading up to Shagonas. Uh, sounds like a movie. <laughs> when I well of course I'm early. Yeah. The meeting uh, we supposed to the, the meeting in Shagonas is supposed to be about four o'clock or something like that. Um so these friends of mine who took me up there just have to hide me until um uh, four o'clock. So they have me in this car and they, they took me to a house behind the market at Eleanor Street or something. They took me to a house and they tell the lady, they said, we have Mr. Pandey in this car and we want to hide him. And she says, oh God, not here, not here. My husband is a policeman. <laughs> <laughs> My husband is a policeman. And life when I'm drove around and so on. And we ended up at another house. And they went to the other house. And there was an old woman. I don't think she was a sugar worker or what, that old woman in, in a house by herself. And they told her that. that was, have to hide until four o'clock. She said, bring him in, bring him in. And I went in there. Right. I went in the house and she's hiding me. 
she's given me food and so on and so forth. But the radio, she had a radio and the radio is blasting. They're looking for Rafi Shampan. Two of them have escaped. I think they arrested George Weeks, they arrested Carol Charles, they arrested a whole lot of them and so on. Joe Young, Rafi. Rafi Shah escaped. So, news on this. Were arrested? But, 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 listen to what happened. Uh-huh. The radio is broadcasting that the police are looking for Pandian Shah to arrest them. Now, I and this poor lady knows. Uh, no, she have her radio. They know they're going to uh, arrest me and so on. Um, she treated me. She treated me so 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 well. And when four o'clock reach, I tell her, "Well, I say I gotta go." Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lost you. Oh, sorry. Um... Can you see me? Can you hear me? Uh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, I can hear you now. I can yes. see you now. Okay, right. good, good, good. Okay. So, yeah, so the lady said that... Uh, yeah. Now, I'm, to go the time has come. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. And um, I, I thought I said, thank you very much, and so, but I have to leave. And I, I was a rather slim fellow at the time. She held my hand and she said, oh God, this, this little weak hand, if they hit you one lash on the sun, they go break down and so on. She started, <laughs> crying, started crying, poor thing. I, mean, I left right. her, no glasses. And as I walked out, I'm walking down, um, that must be Shagona's main road. Um, walking down towards the seat park. Right. No glasses. Hair ruffled up and, uh, and so on. Um, I noticed a, a policeman passed me. He did a double take and, 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 and gone. Yeah, he didn't want to. I, I reached I, I reach seat park. And uh-huh. as I reached seat park, I started mobilizing the people. And I started talking to them. They had cooks for us. Um, food because they know a lot of us were going to come up and we're going to sleep there. And they had cooked. The police went and threw tear gas in the pot. You know, they're cooking these very big pots and stuff. Yes. Uh, police threw, threw tear gas in the food. Wow. That's how bad they were. So, anyway, I thought. You had that one policeman who turned away because he was sympathetic, he was afraid. I don't know him, he probably didn't recognize me. Okay. He was right. saying nonsense, he wouldn't be walking on the road <laughs> right. like that. Okay. Whatever it was. So I started the, the, the holding the meeting, started talking to the workers and so on and telling them what had happened and so on and so forth. And all of a sudden, series of cars with blue lights and this and noise swooped down upon us and began beating the, the, the people. And um, I, I, I use language which... Um, uh, <laughs> I would like to use on, on the air. But I told I told them, I said, what the can you beating them for? Is me what if it may won't take me? That's all right. But leave them alone and so on and so on. Well I, I said if you won't take me. And they did. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they took me down to the police station, arrested me, took me down took me down to the, the Shawanas police station. How long were you um in well, jail for? Well, well, well 
about Sugono's police station, a, a curious thing happened. Um, as they took me in and they were going to put me into the cell, in the cell, there were several prisoners in, this, in the cell. I don't know if they were going to put me in one of those prisoners, in one of those cells, but the prisoners began shouting, power, 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 <laughs> because that was the slogan the and then they, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the black power. So, and they, so they were afraid to put me in the cell. So they put me on a chair to sit down just outside the cell. So, so, so the, so the uh, criminals were very sympathetic to you. Very sympathetic. <laughs> I mean, we were all criminals together. After right. all. Um, wait, wait, no. So the, the, the people in the cell, they, they were uh, arrested because of the march or that was just other? No, I think those are prisoners we should go to court. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, so, so just, a, yeah, right. Yeah, Good. but... Shouting power, power, yes, power yes, was, yes, was, yes. was a slogan that 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 that, that energize people, gave energize you, yes. yeah, energize you. So they put me in a chair just outside the cell, and um, there was one very very kind policeman, uh, and he went and he bought a roti for me, mm-hmm. a roti and potato or something, uh, for, and I ate that. About seven o'clock, an inspector of police, fair skin, I knew his name, I don't remember it so long. And he come and he says, um, we have to go. I say, where? Well, I have to take you to San Fernando. I say, okay. So he put me in this car. We are driving down to San Fernando. We reached the San Fernando police station. And um, as they opened the door, to the cell door, to put me in, I hear a chorus from inside the cell saying, oh God, not another one. <laughs> we got about 25 on every side. <laughs> and they put us in a cell. I don't know how many of us they had in them. 10 by 10 cell or something like that. Crammed up. And what they had, they had a piece of board on and elevated like, like, like a bed. Yeah. And there was one guy whom they had arrested. Oh, in, inside, the, in that jail was John Humphrey, Weeks, the whole lot of them that they had arrested and put them there. So the leaders so I, of the march. Right, so I joined them. There was one guy, I think he was a photographer. The police had fractured his, hit him on the head and fractured his skull. And they put him to lie down on this plank of wood. And he was vomiting in the cell. Uh, I remember the cell is hot. I took, took off my shirt. And as I leaned against the wall, there's a little thing called German cockroach. You know what's a German cockroach? A German cockroach is a little little one. Right. And, and, and the, cell, the cell, of course, had cracks in it. So the German cockroach live in the, sh- live in the thing. And as I lean on the wall, man, the German cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> All up your back. <laughs> Dust it off and so on. And Humphrey is the most amazing man. In that cell, Humphrey's talking political philosophy and talking about plans and, uh, and <laughs> which we did all night. Um, the following morning, uh, they took us to the police station or charged us with leading an illegal march. Uh, and eventually, um, we lost uh, the case mm-hmm. and uh, we appealed. 
we lost the appeal. And the funniest thing is, having and lost you, the appeal... you were out on bail during this time, were you? Or? We were out on bail. Right. Mm-hmm. We were out on bail. So at the appeal court, here's the matter. That's in the San Fernando Magistrate Court, and upstairs there. And the case is over. We have lost. Now, there, of course, we have some people who had come in there and so on, policemen. So the judge vacates the court. He case is over. He's gone. And we stood up there. And we are doing nothing. We are saying nothing and doing nothing. Yes. We're just, we just standing there. The court. Judges have gone. So policeman says, um, shall I take you all down to pay the fine? Oh, incidentally, I was charged $600 or six months in jail. Mm-hmm. George Hicks, I think, was charged $1,200 or 12 months in jail and very sentences like all yeah. of that. Uh, and we said, no, 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 no. So they ask us, shall the policemen, shall we take you down to go and pay the fine? We said, no, 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 we're not paying any fine. We're not paying any fine. I said, well, what? We go to jail. And we have it's six months or $600. Why? No, no, we're not paying it. We take in the six months, we go to jail. And we, and we, they load us up in this van again. And there we are, taking us up. Well, I, I, I had... Maybe a very morbid sense of humor. <laughs> uh, in this van, it's closed. Right? There are little cells in the van that they put you in. Uh, and there we are. And we are going up to Port of Spain. And I said, fellas, we reach one us. And I said, Bath, don't talk nonsense. What stupid did you talk there? Nobody could see outside. How how you could you, you could say we reach one us? I said, oh, they don't smell curry. <laughs> well, curry brand factories in Chaguanas. That, that smell Chief is coming brand. from curry. And it's, we, we are by chief brand curry factory. And therefore, we, we in Chaguanas. As I said, I had a morbid sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> to make a joke out of everything. You took yes. it. You took, took it. And that, I, I, I suppose that, that is the way you... Um... You, you deal with with um, with a lot of the the challenges that would make others scared, that would make others run away, that would make others migrate to another country, that would make them stop yeah. the struggle. I will make a joke out of it. <laughs> yes, I let them make. It. So that is how all, all that ended up. Um, but that march made us realize that the trade union must have political power. Because if the trade unions do not have political power, and the political power belongs to some other group, whatever advances the trade union makes for the workers can be wiped out with the stroke of a pen. Eric Willem just proved it. And that is what spurred us on to form the United Labour Front. A political party now. Which again... It, it, it goes back to the Workers and Farmers Party because it's the Again, same type of thing. United Labour Front. Right. So we were in that zone. Because the workers, the, the farmers, the sugar farmers, exactly. the workers, we were in the, oil workers. We, we were in that zone where we, we were regarded as leftists. Yeah. How many people from the Workers and Farmers Party were actually in the ULF? Was it a lot? 
I know, like, oh, yes. Trevor Sudama. Yeah. So it's kind oh, of yes. like a revival of the Workers and Farmers Party. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, um, we became so strong that um, we formed the party in 75 or somewhere around there. Yes, yeah, uh, In 76, we displaced the opposition, the DLP opposition. Yes. So, so we had a lot of support. We had tremendous support. And you know what is strange? And people don't realize that. It is said that Indians, Trinidad, Indo-Trinidadians, call them whatever you will, will always vote for race and religion and, and that sort of thing. In 1975, we defeated Simonat Kapileu. I defeated him. In, 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 um, who, who was a leader, leader of the Mahasabha at the time, was he? Um, yes, was we defeated Satmaraj, who was oh, he was the leader, leader of the, the Mahasaraj, and all these religious guys who had once, as Sat recently said, had the Indian vote. You know, yes. Sat, Sat has released them, I understand, <laughs> uh, who had what is called the Indian vote. The Indians did not vote race. They yes. did not vote religion. They voted for economic, the economic welfare. Yes. That's what they voted for. We were struggling to improve their, their lives, their economic lives, their well-being, their physical well-being. And they didn't fall for the racial and religious thing at all. And I'm convinced that if there's a change in the political system in Trinidad and Tobago, people will vote for the economic and social interests and not the racial um, cleavages, not on the basis of racial. I'm convinced of that. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I um, uh, that 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 whole part of, of your struggle is. I mean, this, this has animated you, and uh, ever since you came from '65, you, you kept fighting it. You, you paid a personal price and everything. Now, I think now is a, probably a good time to take a pause. We've been at this for, for a few hours. Unless you want to go further, you tell me. Oh, I think we had enough for today. Yes, I, I think so. Although we've only, you, reached the, we've only reached the midpoint. You have so much more. You, have so you, uh, much. you intend to continue it? I would love to continue this at, uh, at some point. It's okay. So but, but, but we don't have to. We don't have to continue it right now. We can continue it at a, a later time if you want. That 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 would be fine. Because yeah. you must you must recognize I'm not as young as you are. You know? <laughs> right. Well, I I will let you go at this point, and we we. Oh, that's very kind of you. That's very kind. <laughs> yes, because I I can keep you here for another six hours if I want. <laughs> this is fascinating stuff. Uh, because uh, then when we get to to the uh, bringing together of all the other forces in the NAR, the breakup of that, how you became prime minister, all uh, and and um, all those struggles that happened there. This, um, you know, this is is very important because you're dealing with universal problems of racial division, of national unity, of socialism versus capitalism. Um, you know, we didn't even talk about how the Cold War affected all of your struggles and everything because Eric Williams found himself having to ally with the United States and fighting the trade union movement and, and, and your, your struggles because of the Cold War background. And, and so we got involved in, in that um, in our own struggles here. 
But um, the, I, I want to thank you for this so far, and I hope we can continue very soon. As soon as you are ready, and I have the strength, okay, you will. Thank you. My pleasure.